Welcome to the Work Camper Show, brought to you by WorkCamper.com. This podcast helps you discover how to finance your RV travel dreams. Each one of our episodes will introduce you to people who are already living the RV lifestyle or to work camping opportunities all around the U.S. You'll also learn how to hit the road the right way and make the most of every opportunity. Now let's turn over today's show to your host, Greg Gerber. Today I'm interviewing a retired Air Force officer from Texas who RVs part-time but still manages his business from his RV while traveling. Today's episode is sponsored by Work Camper News. If you have more questions than answers when it comes to the work camping and RVing lifestyle, then don't worry, Work Camper News has your back. Attend a free monthly work camping Q&A webinar to get your questions answered. Each month, the knowledgeable team behind WorkCamper.com hosts a free live webinar where they answer questions submitted by folks just like you who are learning about the RV lifestyle or just getting started or who've been work camping for a while. They cover topics like what kind of work camping jobs are available, what do those jobs pay, tips for writing a work camper resume, questions to ask an employer, what type of RV is best, how to get your mail as an RVer, and much more. In the description of each video, you'll find a list of questions that were answered so you can quickly jump to the sections you want to hear. Register for the next live webinar at workcamper.com forward slash answers. Or listen to detailed answers now by watching the recordings of past Q&A webinars on the Work Camper News YouTube channel at youtube.com forward slash workcamper. And click on the Q&A on Work Camping playlist. Don Gleason is not a full-time RVer yet, but he and his wife Karen frequently use their 19-foot Gulfstream vintage cruiser to visit relatives and to engage in one of their favorite hobbies, which is bird watching. It's a wholesome activity that ensures they spend plenty of time outdoors. A retired colonel who served in the U.S. Air Force for 27 years, today Don runs his own company helping men and women transition into different careers and enhancing their leadership skills. He attained a degree in civil engineering in the early 1980s when the economy wasn't doing very well. Don joined the Air Force after receiving 454 rejection letters from various companies to which he applied for a job. Intended to be a short-term solution to unemployment, Don enjoyed military life so much that he stayed for 27 years. Today he helps people find jobs for which they not only have the skills necessary to do the work, but a desire to be involved in that type of work. He believes too many people wanting to change careers simply jump into job hunting without giving much consideration as to whether those are the right jobs for them. That's good advice applicable to work campers too. To tell us more about how he connects with clients while still enjoying a part-time RVing lifestyle, please welcome Don Gleason to the show. Thanks for joining me today, Don. I really appreciate your time. Now, it's been a family tradition of yours to go RVing over the holidays. Tell us how that started. We we always had a pop-up camp. We used to tent camp when we were in college and in probably our early days. And then somewhere in the mid-90s, my in-laws gave us their pop-up camper as we started having the kids and they were growing up and we wanted to do things. And then in 2021, we bought a hard-sided because being in Texas, <clears throat> A, the summer, it's just too hot in a pop-up absolutely yeah, even with an air conditioner and in the cold that that heater just ran all night long and it kept us awake so we got a hard-sided and we needed something that i could be t- tall enough for me i'm six five 
But so we have always been focused on getting out. But in the last couple of years, we've really focused on every month we got to go somewhere. And all of our trips resort around bird watching. Bird We're watching. always looking bird watching. We're always looking to increase our count, see different birds. So South Texas, at the last week of the year, the first couple of days of the new year, is a great place to finish strong with birds that don't come anywhere else. It's just amazing how many birds come up in that very South Texas tip that don't come up into the rest of South Texas. The Chakalaka. It's almost like a almost like a tur- small turkey. And they come up just in that area. Pretty much the green jay. They don't come real, they come a little bit farther north than that, but they don't come to San Antonio. So there's a number of them that come right along that area. In fact, there's a bird called the white-collared seed eater. We usually catch halfway between South Padre and Laredo. And they come across and and we'll catch them and they'll go back across to Mexico. So we like to get down there to catch birds that we haven't caught the rest of the year. And by catching birds, you mean seeing them. You're not seeing catching them. them. Correct. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, exactly. That sounds like a wholesome activity that gets you outdoors. Yeah. yeah I get this up in the morning, you know, get be out there just after dawn, do a three or four hour walk at you know, 6,000 steps or whatever, and then see dozens to sometimes on the first of the year, we can get 60 or 70 wow. bird identification sightings of the species. And there'll be some that we won't see the rest of the year. Are you taking pictures of all the birds as you find them? So my my wife went to Kenya in 2019, just before COVID. And she we bought her a camera because we knew that she wasn't going to be able to identify them fast enough. So if she could take a picture, she could catch them later, which was a fantastic idea. But we don't always carry it with just because by the time you got binoculars and everything else, it just gets to be heavy. So we need to do that more often. A lot of times we see birds that we are looking for. So we're not too bad, but over there, it was just too many in Kenya. But yes, so in some respects, we do take pictures, but it's mostly identification. One thing we're working on now is identifying by call. So we've got this app on the cell phone called Merlin. It's through Cornell. I think it's Cornell University, maybe. And uh, they've captured all the calls in all the different areas of the world. And some birds have three, four or five different calls. So you just turn it on and it'll listen and it'll identify them. So that, we don't count that as an identification, but it tells us what we're looking for. Okay. So now we, and a lot of times we can catch the direction of what we're looking for. Because as it highlights, we're listening is, oh, that one's over there. So now we know, oh, that's a cardinal or a blue jay or a white collared seed eater, whatever it might be. That would be cool. So can you capture a... A recording of a bird that you can hear, but you don't know what it is, and then submit it or upload it and have it detect what kind of bird that there, was? There is probably a way, yes. There. What type of RV a, do you have? Yes, we bought a uh, Gulfstream vintage cruiser, 19, so it's 19-foot box, 23-foot tip-to-tail, hitched to, to bumper. And what we really like about it is in the very back end, there's a the kitchen table and windows on all three sides. So you're just sitting there like having lunch. You can see three ways around you and you get a lot of sunshine. My wife loves sunshine. And the, in the middle is a bathroom and a pantry. It's really a shower, but we modified it into a pantry. And then there's the, the camper queen on the other end running long ways so you can get around and get in and out of it easier without having to crawl over somebody. I understand you're going somewhere special this holiday. We are. Yeah. What's one thing we love to do is camp our way across. This last summer in July, I'll start there. We did a trip 
through Texas, we're in San Antonio, through New Mexico, up to Colorado, and we had, we rented an Airbnb for the holiday, 4th of July, and I had a bunch of family and stuff met, meet us there. And then we went around through Nebraska and back. So this winter, we're taking off to Arizona, more in your area. And we're going to go across and two days out there hit Van Horn, Texas, which is popular for the Jeff Bezos Blue Origin mm-hmm. launch just north of there. And then we'll get to Tucson and then back into a good year. But we're staying at the White Tanks, which isn't too far from you. It's a neat county park just across the center of the small mountain edge. And you can see the city. And, I can yeah. see them from my office, as a matter of fact. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it's beautiful. Beautiful. Yeah. I just amazed every morning that sun coming across Phoenix. And that's just so beautiful. I, we, we wake up just to make sure we see that because it's mm-hmm. just so gorgeous. And then yeah, the so sunsets are just spectacular over here, especially as the sun goes down behind the white tanks. Yeah. Yeah. I need to see more of those because I'm usually in the house with getting ready for dinner with the kids. And mm-hmm. So my oldest son lives out that way and the grandson. Of course, his husband is a good opportunity for us to get together with them and spend the holiday. And my daughter's coming down who's, a, who's an RVer. So she just rented it. She's motivating me. She's 35. She took a cargo van last year and she renovated it and she used her whole community to help her. We went up and we helped create the the cabinets and the upper cabinets, lower cabinets for the kitchen and everything. And she had friends who could help her cut the, the hole in the roof. Another friend cut the hole in the floor, the vent for the heater and stuff. And she's got an organic toilet. There's just her and her puppy seeing America as she works during the day. And so she's motivating, giving, trying things out for us. And then that's funny because I was told if I didn't get my act together, you'd wind up living in a van. And here it's now a goal. She took a picture this summer and she says, my parents always told me to get an education and get a good job. So you're not living in a van down by the river. And she took a picture of her sitting in a van down by the river. <laughs> she put it on Instagram. That's that was funny. funny. What do you do for a living, Don, that gives you the flexibility to travel like this? So I am a, with a leadership and a career transition coach, working with companies, helping them advance their leadership within the organization, helping them with a disc assessment to help them understand who they are and who the others are so they can better relate with people. So improving communication and then improving leadership skills. But I also do one-on-one coaching to help people who are in the a career position that they're not really excited about. And career, job, different people have different definitions of it. I say more career because I'm looking more long-term, mm-hmm. but it could be a job that they're not energized by. They get tired of it and they're looking for a change. And I've got a process that I can help people through. I've helped over 163 military in the last three and a half years do that as they're coming out of the military. And now I'm working with more more non-military. Why military? I'm 27-year veteran. That's right. I'm that guy who graduated college in 1982 and there was a recession going on and I had 454 rejection letters on the 4th of May of 1982, my graduation day. And I said, you know what? I need a job. I'm not going back to school. So I joined the Air Force for four years and I stayed for 27 because it was, it just was exciting. I loved the opportunities it gave me and the travel. We got to Germany twice, Mm -hmm. got to, to go to Baghdad, Iraq. I got to go into places in Turkey, up in the mountains. And so deploy deployments. What kinds and, of things uh, did you do in the military? So I was a civil engineer, more on the environmental side. The career field was civil engineer. So it was maintaining the facilities and utilities of an Air Force base. And I was on bases with flight lines and without flight lines. It could be, we called it Ronnie's Rocket Ranch out in 
out in Cheyenne, Wyoming, or up in Montana. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so the ICBM okay. got to go to Germany. So everybody has facilities and utilities that need to be maintained. I was more on the environmental side, and then I got more into the emergency management side. So not only preparing for like fuel spills, but as well as chemical, biological, nuclear warfare. That sounds like a diverse experience for being in the military. It was. Civil engineering, you got so many different areas. Because exactly. you do the, the design of buildings, you do the construction, you do environmental, you do facility maintenance, toilets, mm-hmm. electrical, all that. Runway lights, you, the runway itself, you do the, the natural disaster. Now we have EOD, explosive ordnance disposal. So quite a diverse career field. So it was always something different. Very cool. No, And always different problems that I got to solve as a leader. And so you got into career transition because you were transitioning yourself, I would imagine. I did in 2009. Mm-hmm. I, I left the military, retired after 27 years and spent some time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. Sometimes I joke that I was thinking about what I wanted to do for 24 years because <laughs> I really didn't think I was going to stay more than four. Mm-hmm. But then I got an opportunity to go from K.I. Sawyer in the northern upper peninsula of Michigan out to Cheyenne, Wyoming. So I stayed a couple more years, and I was going to get out, and then I got the opportunity to go to Germany for four years. It was going to be three years, and I stayed for a fourth. And then I was doing so well that the boss got me into a master's program so I could get promoted to major. He had its requirement. And then I just kept on going. But yeah, it was exciting. That's nice. So you're able to communicate with people and to meet with them online while you're out traveling and enjoying your vacation? Yes, but the hard part is figuring that all out, right? Mm Because we love to go to Texas state parks. and Very few Texas state parks have any Wi-Fi signal or any cell signal. So if you get close enough to the main building, you might have a weak cell signal. Mm -hmm. So last year, I guess when we were coming back in July from that other trip, we stopped at a place called Palo Duro Canyon up in right near Amarillo. And it's amazing because you're, you're driving south and all of a sudden the ground just drops out from beneath you. It's the biggest canyon pieces for miles and miles. And it's just gorgeous. So they, you camp down in the canyon. So there, there was no signal at all, even on top. So we had to drive into the city of Canyon. It's about 30 miles south of Amarillo. And went to West Texas University and got into their, what would it be, the... The food court. Okay. They had cell signal there for the students. So I stopped in there and I did a coaching call. So you just have to be creative a little bit to how you can find that cell signal to support. And then we went and toured. So I coached for an hour and then we went and toured the city, went to their little museum, Mm -hmm. went to a brewery. And I love drinking different beers. There you go. That would be a fun way to travel across America and testing the, uh, looking for the ideal beer. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Have you, what do you use to get your internet connections? So. We're using the, the iPhone, but a lot of places you need a booster. So my daughter, I think I told you she rented a, she renovated the, the van to a cargo van. So she's been trying things out. She works actually six to eight hours a day on the road and she loves going to national parks. So she'll have to go to different places to get a cell signal, but sometimes it's weak, just like we're doing. So she tried this thing called phone tone, cell phone signal booster. And what it does is it boosts the cell signal and then you can use your iPhone to connect to it and create a hotspot and then connect your laptop to that. And uh, that's worked really well. My, my wife loves to do it. She's now for 700 days done Norwegian. On, uh, mm-hmm. Duolingo, I think, is the app. And she's really moving at it. Good half hour a day. We're learning Norwegian. <laughs> and her dad, well, her grandpa came from Norway. So she just has a link to, to try to learn that one a little bit better. But anyway, the cell phone signal booster so that she can get different places and we can get different places. And 
and have that cell signal. And it's strong enough that you can all work off of that one device? Sometimes we only have to have one of us. Okay. <laughs> we have to create a priority, right? You have to try things out depending on where you're at. Okay. So you just got to be flexible. Have you ever looked at something like Starlink to provide the internet service on the road? We have talked about it. It's a lot more expensive and uh, we may get that way. So I'm actually creating my business so that I don't have to be so dependent on that. So mm -hmm. I'm gonna, as I'm coaching, I find I'm doing the talking the same thing all the time, like resumes or LinkedIn or some other stuff. So I'm creating a digital course. I just released a, a workbook this week to put out on the internet. I got it out two days ago. Finally got it out. And so that allows, it's going to allow me to upload that to Kajabi and then they can get the course and they can go out at their own pace. And then I will have a Q and A session. And what I can do is I could actually get their questions, sit in the camper, answer all the questions on a video. And then when I'm somewhere where I can upload it, I can put it on Kajabi and they could download it. That doesn't have to be live. Uh, I will have a portion of the program that will be a live coaching. And then I'll just have to be someplace where I can get good signal. That would give you flexibility to go pretty much anywhere. Do you do a lot of boondocking or you just confine yourself primarily to campgrounds? We are campgrounds. Okay. My wife likes those flushing toilets and showers. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I, we had a shower. We have a shower in the camper, but we modified it with plywood and PVC piping to a pantry so we can put storage in. You don't have a lot of storage sometimes in campers. So okay. it allows us to put our shoes underneath. We have different bins for food while we're going to be camping. We can put our coats. I got a clothes rack on top. I can put clothes up there to get them off different places, get them off the chairs. So we've modified it to, to fit us. Now, my daughter does not connect to shore power. So she boondocks. So she does the, what is that app called? So you can, they have wineries and breweries and oh, other places. Harvest hosts? Harvest hosts, yes. And so she's constantly making reservations there. And she's, she has met some awesome people. So she'll work six, eight hours. She'll travel the hundred miles. She'll get to the next harvest host. I think they like them there by five o'clock mm -hmm. and she'll go down and get a beer or a wine or whatever. She did one with a lavender field. Oh, and she just bought some soaps and stuff. So she's met some awesome people. She's got some job offers. She's got a event planning bachelor's degree. So she studied wine and beer. And uh, so she, when she, one night she was talking to the owner of this, I think it was a brewery. He says, I'd love to hire you. I said, yeah, I'm traveling. I'm not here for six to eight weeks. But but it's neat the, the people that you meet doing that's stuff fun. like that. So yes, that's one thing we love to do while we're camping is it's fun down in South Texas over the holiday because a lot of places will have little parties, New Year's Eve party or whatever, and fun to get over and meet people. Now, we don't stay out late just because we're always up at seven, six, heading mm -hmm. out for bird watching. That's the problem with birds is they like to be first thing in the morning as the sun rises. That's right. Exactly. <clears throat> yeah. They're they, ready they to sit, rock and roll. <laughs> they sit down about noon when it's warming up and it's tough to see them at that point. So mm -hmm. yes. Yeah. Oh, that allows me time in the afternoon though. So we'll get back, we'll have lunch, maybe take a camper nap. We'd love to do that. And then get up and work for two or three, four hours before we grab a beer and sit outside and meet people. You were telling me that you use a device, a power station to help provide electricity for you and to connect your various devices. Why don't you describe how that works and what it, kind of benefit it offers to you? Yeah, it really worked well for my daughter, and that's how we started it. So I'll give her first. So she is not on shore power. She has solar panels on her roof. 
batteries and she has lithium batteries in the back. So she's very careful about electrical power draws she has off of those batteries. So she has it for other things. So she, she really learned a lot about electricity, but running the, the cell phone booster would zap a lot out of her batteries. So she bought this thing called a Jackery and you power it up. You can power it up through solar the excess during the day you can do it she she goes like into harvest host and she's drinking beer and she'll plug it in and charge it so whatever she can do and then she'll run her cell phone booster off that the, we do it that way with the cell phone booster because you can't put you can't plug that into 110 power you have to run it off a battery storage like that like a jackery so it has an adapter for a cell phone uh, for a like a car plug yes yeah so plug that in and it, that'll run the cell phone booster. That's mainly what we use that for. We can, if we all of a sudden lose power, we can adapt. You can, you can plug in 110 outlet items to it. So uh, it has both a two, two prong and a three prong. I have a so, Jackery system here at my house, as a matter of oh, fact, yeah? in the garage. Yes. If I ever, okay. if the power ever goes out, I want to be able to connect my laptop to it and continue yeah. writing and things like that. And my system connects to a solar panel. So within about six hours, it fully charges the device, the Jackery. Yeah. And it works out really well when I've used yeah. it. So We have talked about both getting a couple solar panels so we don't have to connect to short power. We could do a boondock. That would be fun. We got to figure out the bathroom just because. There aren't any nice bathhouses uh, when you're boondocking. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. And we we only do number one in the potty. We don't do number <laughs> two in the potty. So we got to figure that piece out. What are your favorite places that you visited? Over the holidays? Camping? Or anytime. Just when you've just been anytime. in your RV. Yes. The Cap Rock Canyon, which is about an hour and a half south of Amarillo. So the Paladuro I was just talking about. It's another canyon. It just had to be so interesting as riding your horse 150 years ago, going west, and obviously you come across these canyons. The beautiful part about Caprock Canyon is it's just a beautiful red soil. It's so gorgeous, and it lights up in the sun, counters with the green grass, and there's a bison herd that's there. The interesting part was the bison live in the campgrounds. So you have to be careful when you step out in the morning, <laughs> going to the bathroom or the shower, because there might be one sleeping right outside your door. And there might be a, but it was just a, it was a very pretty place. We hiked through the canyons and it's just a gorgeous. Paladuro was really interesting. There's just so many places. We, we go down into South by South Padre down by Brownsville, every holiday area. And there's a number of former state parks. They're still state parks, but they used to have camping. Now they don't have camping. That's what I meant to say. But they're now part of the um, international birding, like a sanctuary. So to to be part of that, they had to get rid of camping because too many campers feed them and they want it to be natural. Going back around where the campers used to be, we've seen some beautiful owls up in the tree and the, the hunting to find, I say hunting, not with a gun, mm -hmm. but hunting to find where that owl is because they're sitting way up in a tree, leaning against the trunk. They're hard to find. Camouflage. Which is how they live, how yeah. they survive, yeah. Mm -hmm. Camouflage. That's cool. So it's really fun to, to just explore God's beauty of what he created. It's just amazing. It's so different in every place. We, we, were at, we were in your area, November of 22, as we talked earlier, White Tanks, mountains, to see that sunrise every morning. It just, and it was funny because about five minutes before that, all of a sudden the coyotes in the camp around the campground would just start chirping. 
for three to four minutes. Same thing about five o'clock at night before the sun goes down. And boy, it's a little scary. You, know, you wonder how many are out there, but B, it's just gorgeous to hear nature. Yes. You don't know if the coyotes are having a gang war or if uh, somebody <laughs> caught dinner and is inviting all their friends over. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And who that dinner was. That, exactly. <laughs> but it can be scary when you get eight or 10 of them within a couple of yards of your house starting to howl. That's fun. That's right. Have, have you, you had that? Yes. Yes. It's, yeah. it's, it's frightening, <laughs> especially at two o'clock in the morning when all of a sudden you wonder, what the heck is all this yeah. noise? That's, it's interesting because we have to remember that we are the ones invading their territory, mm -hmm. the bears, the deer, the coyotes. And as we expand, we're getting in their territory, we're getting in their transitory routes, and we're going to run more and more across them. And as being an environmental engineer, I'm always cognizant of how do we construct, how do we recognize it and how do we construct so that we don't destroy that? Because we are severely impacting so many bird species, animal species because we take away their territory. And we just think, oh, the birds will just fly west. It's near the plenty of <laughs> But like the um, blue-cheek warbler lives, a lot of it, just northwest of San Antonio. They have a certain tree that they use to pull off the bark to create their nests. And they just don't live in any tree. So if you come in and you take that space and kill all those trees, guess what? You've just killed the bird. Oh. And it's endangered. <clears throat> so they now have a reciprocation if you're move into an area, build houses and stuff, you have to create There's areas where you have to go plant the X number of trees for every tree you destroy. It's certainly a delicate <laughs> ecosystem. Have you and your wife ever considered becoming full-time RVers? Oh, yeah. In fact, we were, oh. we were having dinner last night with a couple who spent last summer out, at, out in Utah at, I can't think of the name of the park now, but yeah, they worked for four to five months. Mm -hmm. Just did they do different projects and they had different jobs every day. They'd work like a half day. We we've met a birding couple. We go meet them every year at Goose Island State Park in February and then at uh, Lost Maples in April. And they are birding hosts. And they have taught us so much about birds. They're from Michigan. They come down and they spend the winter down here now for 25 years. And then they go back up there and he has a little business carving things and stuff like that. But they used to be both of them school teachers and he was a principal. And uh, they've taught us so much. So we talked to them a lot. So far, we haven't done that. We Last year was our longest trip at four weeks. This next year, we're going to do one for five weeks. So you're moving uh, in that direction. Yeah, we'll yeah. see. Okay. We'll see if it's going to be more of a... Right now, we're getting out for long weekends every month with occasional long trips. Like mm -hmm. this will be a two, two and a half week, about two week trip to Arizona and five weeks next summer. So we'll do occasional longer trips. But I think so far, both of us are not ready based on what we like to do. She, my wife is a, she makes greeting cards and all of her stuff sit in her, her little craft shop here. She, she sews, she knits, she runs a knitting group where they make things for okay. premature kids for the hospital. So you'd need a bigger RV <clears throat> in order to encompass all of that. We, we have talked about that. Yes. <clears throat> yeah. I saw one on with the artificial intelligence. I saw a picture of this RV. It was like a huge semi and it had porches and all that like kind of three stuff. three stories, and, right? That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you start thinking, there's no way you'd ever, if it, if it was even real, there's no way you'd ever get into a campground. You That's know? right. That's for boondocking. But can you imagine right. the power that it would take to That's right. to power a three-story RV? <laughs> I think under Harvest Host, you can't have an external generator, right? So, I don't so you, know. Can't make, you can't make noise. Okay. Or after a certain hour, they might have quiet hours kind of thing. Is there any advice that you would give to con to people who are considering living in an RV and trying to work from it as well? 
start small, try it out step by step. Very good. I've seen so many people who just make the decision and they go buy a 30, 40 footer. And then they realize that A, they're, the places they like to go, they can't, right? They don't have the signal, don't can't get the booster. They don't like RVing. I can't, you probably have known it. How many people have bought an RV and it never goes anywhere? <laughs> I was just, I had mine in this last week just to check it out. I was glad I did because even though we had them do the bearings and stuff last year, one of my dust covers for the bearings came off. And so one of them, one side had overheated and one side got dirt in it. So they had to replace the hubs and the bearings. And I was glad because I don't want to be on the side of the road. <laughs> Between here in Arizona, a lot of wild country out there with no cell signal. And people aren't always nice enough to stop for you. <clears throat> so I want to make sure I'm, I'm good. But I was talking to the guy head of maintenance. He goes, I bought 20 years ago. I've got an RV that I bought 20 years ago sitting in the driveway. I've probably used twice in 20 years. Wow. And he's an RV maintenance guy. Wow. He sees them all the time. So yeah, you know, he so, doesn't, it's no fun then for him to be going out there after he works on them all day for that's right. you know, 40 hours a week. So, yeah. So I think you got to, like we did, we'd started with tents, moved up to a pop-up, move up to a small RV. Will we buy a bigger one someday? If we're going to go out longer, yes. Cause we don't really have any like lounge chairs or inside when it's cold or it's raining to, right. to really relax. We're sitting at the kitchen table. That gets a little uncomfortable after a while. But we didn't know that until we got into it. We spent a lot of time, as I said earlier, I'm 6'5". There's very few campers I can stand up in and walk underneath like the air conditioner. So that's what led to this Gulfstream vintage cruiser. Really, the vintage cruiser is a really cool design. But it's the only one that was high enough inside that I could walk under. Even some of the huge units I can't walk under. That was the beauty why we stayed with the pop-up for so long, because I could walk under things, walk under the air conditioner and see it had installed. But you got to try those things out. Don't take rash steps and spend $50,000, $80,000 and then realize it doesn't work. Take step by step. Or that you won't like it. Yeah. Talk to people. Mm-hmm. Facebook groups for every type of camper. We, I'm part of three just for the vintage cruiser. Right. And we'll talk to people about what they do. We're seeing how they modify things. We bust out this area, make a cabinet. We replace the air conditioner with this because it's much quieter. We've had problems with the DVD player, so we switch it to this. Or we come up with a different mod, different design. And so we're about ready to renovate the bathroom because mm-hmm. the sink is way too low. And the sink itself is so small. Mm-hmm. Gotta you do can't do you any. Right. Yeah, you can barely wash your face without getting water everywhere. <laughs> so you got to almost do that in the kitchen, which isn't what we want to do in the kitchen. If people wanted to connect with you, how could they reach you? The best way is through LinkedIn. I have a personal page on LinkedIn and Facebook. But on LinkedIn, Don with a middle initial L. Gleason, G-L-E-A-S-O-N, just like Jackie, and send me a direct message and connect with me and you know, send the, that you heard us here. Wonderful. And, and love to have, a, love to have a conversation. You can also find me, Don Gleason, on Facebook. I don't have anything unique like that, so there's probably a bunch of Don Gleasons. You just have to find the guy who's a, a career transition coach. Sweet. I actually have a, a picture behind the banner photo that talks about being a career transition coach. So We'll be sure to find it and link to it in the show notes. I'd love to. If anybody has questions on what we're trying to do with camping, and because I guess I would end with this piece. Life is too short not to enjoy it. And too many of us wait until the end. Exactly. We're, we're busy making money. We're busy getting promotions. We're busy. And so often when we do that, we're missing time with the family, the wife, the kids, the husband, the wife, the spouse, the kids, significant others. We're missing the beauty around us. 
take the time to get out. It doesn't have to be long weekends or two-week trips, right? There's in Texas, there are so many state parks. We did it in Pennsylvania when I was at Army War College. We did it in Wisconsin. We did it every mm-hmm. place we've been. Seeing now, when I was at Nebraska as a group commander, I didn't. We had one trip in two years, and uh, we both regret that. But I just let the, the job overcome. <clears throat> we didn't schedule it. So we actually, Texas, six months out, you can make a reservation. So we make a, a pact every month. We're going to set another reservation six months out oh, as soon as it comes available. That's so great we're advice. Out. Yeah, we're booked out. Because my wife said, Don, if I make reservations like two weeks, you're going to be busy. Well, yeah, in a week or two weeks, I will have appointments. <laughs> but if you book me out six months, that's priority. Exactly. We're not going to change it. So, I'll so that commitment. So I, I think trying things step by step and taking advantage. We just had a close friend of ours who just retired from the Army Corps of Engineers a year and a half ago. And then he was renovating a house that summer, broke his back. They took x-rays and found cancer throughout his body, and he passed away last March. Wow. You just never know how much time you got left. Exactly. So don't wait. Do it now. Thank you very much, Don. I really appreciate the advice and the, yeah. uh, the product recommendations, too. And I wish you the best of luck on your Christmas trip this year and in 2024. Thanks. Appreciate the opportunity to be on with you and look forward to seeing you when we're out there. I appreciate Don Gleason for taking time from his holiday excursion to speak with us this week. As a career transition coach, Don guides people through a process to identify not only the skills and talents his clients possess, but their passion and calling as well. When evaluating a job opportunity, Don said it is important to ask yourself not just whether you can do the job, but whether you want to do it. You'll get far more enjoyment out of working at jobs you want to do than simply performing tasks because you're capable of doing them. Having good internet connections when traveling is essential for the type of coaching Don does with his clients. He recommended the Phone Tone Cell Phone Signal Booster, which works with all cell phone providers to increase signal strength has an outside antenna which captures signals and transmits them to an inside antenna capable of supporting 40 connected devices. Don also uses a Jackery portable power station to provide power to his laptop and the cell phone booster, even when he's in a remote part of the wilderness. The device can be charged when electricity is available, then used to power equipment when boondocking. Portable solar panels can also be attached to the Jackery device to keep it charged. Another app Don and Karen frequently use when bird watching is the Merlin Bird ID, which was developed by the Cornell Lab of Ornithology. It features sounds of more than 1,050 bird calls, as well as information to help people identify specific birds. The app is available for Android and Apple devices. Finally, Don encourages people to get out and enjoy their RVs, even if it's just for long weekends and two-week vacations. The most important thing to do is to schedule the time. Too many people try to live their dreams by squeezing adventures into available time. However, when you put it on the calendar for a specific time, it becomes a priority. To connect with Don, look for Don L. Gleason on LinkedIn and Facebook. Today's episode is sponsored by WorkCamper News. With its diamond and platinum membership tools, WorkCamper News is much more than just a job listing website. When you put the tools of this professional service into action, you'll find out just how easy it can be to turn your work camping dreams into reality. The one-year memberships open the door to a one-stop shop for all things work camping. Being the original resource for work camping, 
You'll find the largest number of job listings, be able to connect with the community of work campers, and view resources compiled by experts who've been enjoying the RV lifestyle for many years. If you're serious about leading a successful and enjoyable work camping lifestyle, then a Diamond or Platinum membership is for you. You can even get started with a free 30-day trial by visiting www.workcamper.com forward slash trial. Embark on new adventures today with the support of Work Camper News behind you. That's all I have for this week's show. I'll have another interesting interview on the next episode of The Work Camper Show. If you like these interviews, please consider leaving a review wherever you download the episodes. Thanks for listening.